Hello everyone, my name is Philippe and this is the podcast Life with AI, the podcast that we talk about artificial intelligence in a simpler way. And for today's episode, I'm going to talk about vision transformers. I will enjoy that the last episode I talked about transformers and now I will continue the subject by talking about vision transformers. That is the application of transformers that were proposed in 2017 to computer vision. And it's interesting that the vision transformer architecture were proposed in 2021, it means that it was last year, there is less than one year that Vision Transformer architecture exists, but it's exactly the same as the architecture proposed in the original paper in 2017. So why did we took four years to propose an architecture that is exactly the same? So just to recapitulate, let's remember the architecture. I will not go deep into it because I already explained it in the last episode. So if you didn't listen to it, go listen to it before this one because it's gonna really help you to understand better vision transformers. But let's just take a look in the architecture of the, the vision transformers and the transformers, it's the same. So you have your input data and you're gonna pass it to the embedding layer. The embedding layer is just a dense layer with no activation. A dense layer is just a layer that connects all the inputs to all the inputs. So just to visualize better, if you have an input of size 100 and you have this dense layer, you have 100 times 100 uh, connections. So you have 10,000 connections. This will be important later. And then you have this embedding layer that is just a dense layer and also the positional encoding, if you remember well from the transformer paper. After passing the, the, the data for the embedding layer plus the positional encoding, you just input it into the transformer architecture that is basically a multi-head attention plus a feed-forward network and you stack as many layers as, as you want and you also have the layer normalization between the, the, the multi-head attention and the feed-forward network, between the sub-layers, you know? But now let's go to the first problem, uh, which is the main reason that we didn't have this architecture before. How can we transform an image into something that we can input into a dense layer? Let's understand the problem here. The image is a 2D data. So let's take an image, for instance, with 512 per 512 pixels, an image with a normal size, you know? So an image of 512 per 512 pixels gives 70 billion connections, which means that we have 70 billion parameters to train. This, if we do the average of the three channels, because you might know that in image we have this RGB that is red, green, and blue channels. An image is made from these three channels. So if we take the average of these three channels, we have 70 billion parameters. If you count the three channels, we have much more parameters. So this is basically impossible. Impossible to have in the first layer of your network, 70 billion parameters to train. So how can we make it work? And that is the beauty of the paper. An image is worth 16 per 16 words. This is the original paper of the Vision Transformers. And the idea here is to transform the image into 16 by 16 patches. And we're gonna consider these patches as words. That's why we can use the same architecture from text because we're gonna consider these patches of the image as words. And the set of patches of the image would be the sentence that is the set of words of a text. You know, that's why we can consider them as the same. So the thing is, we're gonna transform the image into these 16 per 16 patches. And let's do the math to see if we are able to perform a dense layer 
into the 16 per 16 patches. So a 16 per 16 patches, we just flatten it and we're gonna have, uh, because to input into a dense layer, we cannot input a 2D thing. We need to input a 1D vector yeah, in this case. And then a 16 per 16 gonna give us a 256 uh, input size. And then as we have the three channels, we're gonna multiply it by three, and then we're gonna have 768. Doing a dense layer, like a connection everybody to everybody, with this size, we would have 600,000 connections, which is more than okay, considering that the architecture has millions and millions of parameters. 600,000 is much less than 70 billions. We are all right, okay? So doing this, we are able to input these patches into a dense layer and then to the transformer architecture. These have some problems and we will explain them during the, the podcast because you might think that, come on, this is so simple. Why no one did it before? No one did it before because before it didn't make sense and you're gonna understand why later. But let's go, let's recapitulate and have an overview of this network so then we can understand better what is the path of the data in the whole model. So the first thing that we have is the embedding layer plus the positional encoding. The second thing is the class token that was something proposed on the BERT model. BERT, for those that don't know, is the most famous NLP algorithm ever that was proposed after the Transformers paper. It was proposed in 2018 and it completely changed the NLP field because it was the state of the art for almost all of the tasks or all of them, I, I'm not sure, but anyways. So you have this class token and we're gonna understand it during the architecture. And we also, and after this class token and the embedding and the position encoding, we have the exact same architecture of the Transformer original paper. We have layers composed of multi-head attention plus feed-forward network. You're gonna stock these layers as many as you want. And also you're gonna input some layer normalization between the sub-layers. And now let's go deeper to understand actually the path of the data and what is happening under the hood. So first of all, we're gonna transform the image into the patches and include the class token. The class token is nothing more than something that will be learned from the algorithm. So just to give a small example, if we have an image of size 160 per 160, we're gonna have 10 patches of size 16 per 16, plus the class token, and then we're gonna have 11 patches. We're gonna consider the class token as a patch. So if we consider these patches the words, the class token is also a word, like it's a you can consider it like a joker word that is always there. And you're gonna see the dark magic behind this class token later. So after you have the input patches and the class token, let's consider them all as patches, you're gonna input them into the embedding layer plus the position encoding. Exact the same thing that we do for the transformer. And then you're gonna input the result of this operation, the embedding layer plus positional encoding, to the transformer architecture. And you can scale the number of layers that you want. You can have 6 layers, 12 layers, 24 layers, as much as you want. Of course, as more layers you put, bigger gonna be the model, harder to train, and maybe with better results, like if you have more data, of, of course. And as I said, these patches, they work exactly like words. So in the same way of the original transformer model, what will be learned inside this transformer network during the self-attention part 
is the interaction of a patch to another and the interaction between all the patches, which is like uh, how much the first patch is important to the prediction of the fifth patch, how much the class token, the zero patch, is important to the prediction of the seventh patch. So this is what is learned inside the transformer model. And then after we have our data passed to this transformer network, we're gonna make the prediction based on the class token and only the class token using an AMLP, a multi-layer perceptron. And this is where the dark magic happens because we only use the class token to make the predictions. And having this only this class token making the prediction means that all the information inside the, the other patches is learned by this class token. And for me, this is dark magic. And I, I say to you there is dark magic because my professor at Sorbonne was the author of the, the state of the art of the vision transformer for a time, that, for a while, that is a date algorithm. And he explained it to us this, and we were not that convinced. Well, for sure we are convinced because like it works, but it's kind of dark magic of why it works. How this class token is able to learn all the information of the image? Well, I don't know, but it learns and it works in practice. So for me, it's dark magic, but it works really well. And well, it was really nice to have the explanation from the guy that created the paper, not, not the original paper, but the next one that was the, the state of the art at, at the time. So now that we understood the architecture, let's have some considerations about it. And the first one will answer a lot of questions. So why didn't we use it before? We didn't use it before because there is something that's called inductive bias. And inductive bias is something good that is inherent to senience. Inductive bias means that there are some prior information that you don't need to learn or to code into the network that helps you to learn. And CNNs have this inductive bias for images. Which inductive bias? They have inductive bias such as translation, equivalency, and locality. Which means that if you make a small translation in the data, like imagine that you have a cat and you translate it for the left, for the right, I don't know, it's still a cat. And the CNN understands it really well. Also, if you have a cat in the top left of the image, or if you have a cat in the bottom right of the image, it's still a cat, of course, and the CNN can understand it really well. Like it's inherent to the architecture, but the transformer architecture doesn't have this inductive bias. So the point is that the architecture needs to learn this inductive bias that is not inherent to it, while in CNNs it's inherent. So the point here is for training a transformer network, you need much more data so this inductive bias will be learned during the, the learning process. And for CNNs, you can learn everything with much less data. So the general advice between these both architectures is that if you have uh, not a lot of data, if you have less data, you use CNNs to train because it's gonna give you a better result because you don't have that much data. But if you have huge data sets, and when I'm talking about huge data sets, it's more than a hundred millions of images. You know, it's really huge. The transformers work better. And this was shown in the paper. Of course, this is the original paper, the first paper that proposed 
this uh, vision transformer architecture that is the application of transformers for computer vision but we have other models like the the architecture of my professor that is date called data efficient image transformers and they use a distillation patch a distillation token and also a teacher student training strategy and you can train your network with less data and you also achieve better results and you also have the bait that I think is the actual state of the art. That is the bidirectional encoder image transformer that they use masked tokens trained exactly like BERT. And they, the name bait is to be like BERT. That is the, the NLP algorithm. So you have these other transformer architectures and you also have the hybrid architectures that uses CNNs and transformers. So they try to enjoy the best of both worlds. How does it work? You use a CNN from, from the raw image, and then after the, having the feature map of your CNN, you're gonna input this feature map, that is the new image, into the transformer network. And for the ones that don't know, uh, to have the feature map, you input your image, and after all the convolutional layers, before performing the flattening operation, you, you have your, your feature map and you're gonna input into the transformer architecture. So this is a hybrid architecture. And actually, I don't know which one is a state of the art, if it's a pure transformer architecture or a hybrid one, but it's one of, of both. And for sure it's not a CNN architecture, not because it's not better, but mainly because the researchers now are researching transformers and only transformers. So even if CNNs could be better, you will not have a state of the art of CNN because people are researching transformers. So they are only publishing transformer architectures and transformer papers and so on. And there is one last advantage of using this transformer instead of CNN. That is, you can use some other self-supervised techniques to train this model. And the one, the specific one that I'm talking here is the masked patch prediction or the masked pixel prediction. That is a self-supervised learning task that don't really works well with CNNs. It doesn't really works well with CNNs, mainly because the, what the CNN does is that it looks locally the other pixels and it performs mainly an interpolation. So it takes the closest pixel and predict the, almost the same values kind of this, while in the transformer you can have a more global understanding of the image because of the self-attention mechanism. And examples of this are the papers Mai and data Chuvek. Both of them I already explained it here in the podcast so you can know, learn more about it. Mai is masked out encoder and you also have the data Chuvek. And both of them mask the pixels like in, in both of them, I think it's 75% of the pixels are masked in the end of the training. But you also have the bait that masks the tokens. So there are these two lines of work, one masking the pixels and the other masking the tokens. So, well, which one will win the war of self-supervised learning for our computer vision? But that's just a joke. So yeah, that's what I had to talk to you today, guys. I don't have a notebook of vision transformers, but I do have that one for self-attention. So you can maybe take this notebook and, and code your vision transformer architecture. You need you will just need to transform the image into dispatches and use the class token. No, actually I implemented the class token. So you just need to transform the images into patches. Maybe I will produce this notebook for you, but I'm not sure because I have a lot of work to do. But if I find some time, I might implement it for you. And I hope you enjoyed the episode, guys. Don't forget to follow the podcast on social media. 
On Instagram, we are podcast.lifewithai. And on LinkedIn, we are just lifewithai. And if you can also give me five stars on your podcast player, it will be really nice. And until next Thursday, goodbye.